Thanks for listening, Unplugged Army. I'm Louis Unga, General Manager at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. We're proud to present Doug Franz Unplugged. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Four minutes. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Everything you need to know in sports that affects Maricopa County, the state of Arizona, and the world, you get in four minutes. We start things off, well, in the state of Arizona. We'll go road team first. ASU only 7-7 seven and seven in the conference. If they end the season on a huge win streak and finish about 9-1, sweep uh, both games against U of A and sweep the Southern California schools, I think they make the NCAA tournament. Yes, it's that tough right now. This will be their first game coming up tomorrow night against a top 25 team all year. Bobby Hurley, what do you see from U of A? An enormous uh, challenge in front of us on, on Saturday against a team that, that rarely you know, loses on their home floor and uh, is a, you know, a number one seed right now in the NCAA tournament. So it's, uh, you know, we have our work cut out for us on, on Saturday, that's for sure. That's the Sun Devil side of things. Now let's look at the other side. U of A, they've won five in a row. They're in first place in the Pac-12, but only by a half game over Wazoo. Coach Lloyd, what do you see from the rivalry? You know, and then our, our, our guys that have been around, you know, know, you know, what this game means to our fans and what it, what it means to us. And, and, and my main focus, to be honest, is, you know, how this game impacts our season. I mean, that's all I really focus on. Before the trip to the Southern California schools, the two teams meet up one more time in Tempe coming up at the end of the month. Now, game time coming up tomorrow night, tip-off, 7.30. GCU did it again last night. They are 23-2. Dane Brennan had nine points and a career-high 16 rebounds. And uh, GCU beats Utah Tech 73-61. They held Tech to just 39% shooting. Now, it's one more home game to, to, coming up tomorrow night. They're against California Baptist. Tip-off on the west side at 6 o'clock. Coyotes, seven-game losing streak. Kings and Blues won last night, so now Arizona is 10 points back of the final playoff spot, and they've got to leapfrog five different teams to get there. They're not mathematically out of it, but they're basically logistically out of it, and this streak will be the reason why. Two games over the weekend. They're home against Carolina tonight, face off at 7 o'clock, then they hit the road tomorrow and take on the Avalanche in Denver Sunday night. Diamondbacks have day two of spring training. That's pretty exciting of pitchers and catchers reporting. Everybody for the most part healthy, and it's a great comments coming out of the manager, Tori Lovello, demanding accountability to push each other and to stay connected. Baseball news as a whole, Rob Manford announced he will retire as the commissioner once his contract ends. That means we still have to wait till 2029. Iowa's Caitlin Clark last night needed eight points to pass Kelsey Plum. So why not get the career high by shooting from the logo? By Gabby Marshall. Here comes Clark. How will she go for history? There it is! The all-time leading scorer in women's college basketball. 
She set two records last night. She went for 49 points, which is a new Iowa record in the win over Michigan. And finally, do not book a room in the Renaissance Newark Hotel. Oh my gosh, the New Jersey Hotel will accept your reservation. And then when you check in, they hand you a letter. You walk into your room, you open up the letter, and the letter says, don't take a shower. (laughs) Wait, wait, what? The letter explains that the hotel is working diligently with the health department to chemically treat and disinfect the hotel's water system from Legionnaire's disease, which causes a horrible form of pneumonia. Of course, For some reason, the letter says, feel free to brush your teeth with the water. Wash the dishes that you're about to eat on in the water. Just fill up the sink slowly to not let any water droplets dissipate into the air. (laughs) What? Unplugged Army? Attention? All right. Admittedly, that might be a little bit over the top, but I'm jacked up for our next sanctioned event at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. We're going to be there on February 23rd. It's a Friday. Noon is the official time for our first set of tee times. We've got the whole course from noon until 1.30. You got to go to unplugged at whirlwind.com. Click on the events tab. Normally playing golf in February at Whirlwind is $260. But thanks to Sweet Lou, we get the course for $109 plus tax. It is a tremendous savings, and it's only available to those of us in the Unplugged Army. If you're not able to make it, I'm going to be eating kind of a late breakfast there around 1030. So I'd love for you to stop by Civilic, represent, or maybe get a beer with me right after the event is over. I'd love to see you Friday, February 23rd at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Feel the wind. I'm Janelle, General Manager of Bell's Nashville Kitchen, a.k.a. The Whiskey Wizard. Bell's isn't your typical country bar with mediocre bar food. We are a scratch kitchen with chef-inspired dishes in the only place you can get the best sandwich in all of Arizona, our Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Now, the drinks. I spend days infusing our own whiskey creations. Come in for Whiskey Wednesdays to learn about and drink our famous whiskey selection. We have live music most days and all weekend as part of our honky-tonk brunch. Bell's Nashville Kitchen on Main Street in Old Town Scottsdale. You found home, down home. Oh, yeah, there's just something amazing about it. It's Spear Friday. You have driven the American economy to a successful week. You have earned the goodness that's going to come to you and your family this weekend. As a member of the Unplugged Army, you earned your pillow all week. You earned your beer. Now go enjoy it. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is that you've decided to make Doug Franz unplugged a part of your day, my family greatly appreciates it. My name is Doug Franz, and you have found the only podcast and TV show in the world totally devoted to the coverage of the four major sports franchises of one great American city that drops on your phone and... I forget. Oh, and your television every weekday morning. I don't even know where I am right now. Therefore, we cover a lot of things. Hi. It's been a long time since a flame out like that. You know what? When you flame out, just drink to it. I, I, mean, I mean, why not? Why? 
What a flame out that was. If you are new to Doug Franz Unplugged, hi, I'm an amateur. How, how are you? If you are old school, you remember, man, as the intro started to develop more and more, I would butcher that thing at least twice a week. It would just be ramrodded, and that was a, a big-time uh, a big time failure right there on my part. But, you know, oh, well. Uh, Izzy, I, I forgot to remind you if it's Beer Friday. So if you have the... Uh, the uh, logo ready for everybody to get excited for Beer Friday, even though Izzy has never partaked, partook in a Beer With Me in the Morning and Jeff Weir production. I told him specifically, get here by six so you can enjoy it. So I probably won't give him his beer. Cheers, everybody. Oh, yeah, here we go. Great beer. Oh, yeah. Um... Still still uh, haven't been able to re- reconnect with 100 Mile Brewing Company. Hopefully they uh, come back on soon. Doesn't change the fact, to be fair, my favorite beer is still a Mountain Amber Ale. But um, it's not cheap. <laughs> and if I, if I can get Kilt Lifter for $1.05 a beer at Costco, I'll get that until I get back over there. I got to do one thing. I did not teach Izzy this, so give Izzy a ton of credit for remembering to turn on the Friday light. But I, I didn't tell you, Izzy. There's actually settings on the light, so you can turn it down a little and dim it. So just a minute. Izzy, entertain everybody for a second. That's 100% completely my fault. That's just, I'm dropping the gun here. I think this is like the third Beer Friday that I've completely just bombed and tanked. But look, I do love the sign, though. I do really like the sign. The sign is really cool. Is that a... And I, this, this was kind of one of my biggest questions when I first saw the sign. Is that a is that a cigarette on the on the Friday? <laughs> you know, here's what's funny. That was made by uh, David, who's a firefighter, and dropped it off at the Christmas party at the holiday event. I was so unexpected of getting a gift like that. I'm so excited about it, and I didn't notice that. And then <laughs> when so I, I forgot who it was the point I think it was Jeff Weir Production who pointed that out to me. And then I was I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to offend anybody when I'm so happy with the side, but I was going, Oh yeah, it is. I don't really love that. <laughs> okay. And then I was hoping nobody else would notice on air. And that's exactly what it is. I am I, you know, it's it's so funny. All of us have different feelings on different laws and different rules of life and things and things like that i am one that if you have pet peeves or if you have rules of law that you want the world to follow and it relates to speed limits you hate me okay i mean i i whatever your rules are good knock yourself out okay now i have oh look jeff we production just walked by it's six twelve. we just had beer friday your beer's in the, in the cooler in the fridge if you want it, Jeff Weir Production. How about this? Jeff Weir Production is supposed to get here at around 7 o'clock now. But on fr- Beer Friday, it's like, oh, here we come. Isn't that amazing? Really, at Costco, Kill Lifter costs a buck ten a beer. And that's motivation enough to get Jeff Weir production here 45 minutes early. God bless him on that one. That was fantastic. Uh, but anyway, the uh, uh, David brings me that sign, and I saw that. Yet, for me, oh my gosh, smoking drives me crazy. I have never smoked a cigarette in my life. I've never put something illegal into my body other than, and I probably shouldn't admit this, other than you know, whenever my wife has had C-sections, she gets some Percocet. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I got a bad back and bad knees and I'm very careful with it. Okay. 
just to be clear that's some dangerous stuff please god get help if you're having any problems with it but man my knees and my back are so bad i i do uh when it gets when it gets horrible don't tell jennifer i'm saying this when it gets horrible when she had when she had it she doesn't have it anymore or if she does she's figured me out and she's hidden it um I would use some of that. Now, I didn't drink five beers and take it, okay? Uh, This is kind of going somewhere where it shouldn't go. But anyway, uh, cigarettes drive me insane. And then there's uh, there are laws that, you know, you've got to be like 50 feet away from a door in order to smoke. And I admit to you, I am that jerk. I, I don't go up to you and bum rush you or anything, but I am that jerk that in the morning i'm not a jerk later on now you might say well why does that matter i don't want to walk through the smell of your cigarette smoke before i'm getting paid to use my voice it just screws up my throat i hate it so if you're too close to a door in the morning i won't i won't man up i won't go up to you and tell you hey you piss me off and, and any other subject i have no problem going right up to somebody and talking to them about it but that's the one thing i and i don't want to deal with that guy and then i will I'll put in a call to HR or somebody say, hey, get Yahoo away from the door in the morning. There's a law. They got to follow it. So I'm, I'm like that guy. I admit it totally to you. I'm that guy. And then on other things, I'm like, get over it, dude. It's all right. Okay. Listen, just get out of the left lane. And what do you have to worry about? <laughs> Who cares what I'm doing? All right. Who cares what I'm doing? If you're not in the left lane, it doesn't matter. Right. So those, and listen, I don't accept anybody getting fired up about what I just said. Here's why. We've all got something. We all have something where we're like, that's the law. Let's go. And you want somebody busted for it. And then there's something else that we do. Like, that's not that big of a deal. Come on. Get over it. We're all like, Izzy, what's your get over it law? What's your, hey, come on. This is not a big deal. This is not a big deal. Yeah. Like, what's something that you do that's either somebody else's pet peeve that breaks, technically breaks the law, or something that you know, hey, maybe this isn't the right thing, but hey, suck it up. I don't care what you think about me. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't really have that in terms of just laws and stuff, but I will come to the conclusion and say that you did jinx me a couple days ago. Because oh, no. <laughs> and it was one of the things where you we were talking about how tired, you know, you get when you're about to go to sleep and all that. Oh, yeah. And when I'm with, you know, the lady or with family and I'm don't want to go the don't if I'm in the store or if I'm yeah. at a restaurant, I, I, I drag my feet. You know, I'm giving the little <laughs> let's go looks. You know, I'm I'm the grumpy dude. I'm the, I'm the grandpa. And so, like, that, that, that definitely got me in trouble Valentine's Day. And so, so <laughs> And as we was driving home, I was just like, I feel like Doug. Like, Doug is the reason for this. Like, I was like, I wouldn't have this problem. But Yep, welcome aboard. So, yeah, it was just one of those things where it's just like, look, if I'm coming off of work, I don't want to go anywhere else. Yes. So that's one of my biggest rules. And apparently a lot of people don't like that. <laughs> yes. You know what? Here's the thing. And you will learn quickly. Everybody will adjust because they don't want to deal with you. <laughs> but you give I have. I don't know what it is. And this is so I don't know what the, I don't want to say it's disrespectful, but it's just life is that on Friday and I don't know if it's the beer or what I do have an extra juice. And all of a sudden when everything's over and I don't have to think about what's coming up tomorrow, suddenly the energy comes back no matter how much sleep I got. However, I sleep in on Saturdays all the time. Like if you ask me, Hey, even if it's golf, even if it's something fun, if you say, Hey, uh, will you come out and golf with me Saturday morning at eight? No. No. Hey, will you come over and help me? No. What is sleeping into you, though? 
sleeping in to me well you know i'm i'm getting to that age i admit like i used to make fun of people that said this and now it's true i do get up no matter what at four or five in the morning to go to the bathroom but i will i get up no matter what i get up at 4 30 like i don't even have to set an alarm anymore i get up at 4 30 however if it is a saturday i'll only lay there i'm gonna get funny personal in a way I'll lay there for 15 minutes. I'll think about the things I screwed up during the week, things I got right during the week. I'll pray for a little bit just as I lay there. And then I'm usually back asleep by five. And then to specifically answer your question, then I usually sleep all the way until nine, sometimes 930. But there was, gosh, Jeff Weir production, there was a time maybe three weeks ago or something, I literally woke up at noon. (laughs) I slept all the way until noon. And then I, I come downstairs and Jennifer says, I thought you had to. And like, don't start my day with I thought you had to. Yes, I did have to do such and such and such. A, and I was asleep, okay? Don't ask. I thought, and she meant it. And then I was rude because she meant it so caring. Like, oh, I felt bad. I wanted you to sleep because I know it's so good for you. But I thought you had to do this. And that, like, that's how she meant it. I'm like, no, don't start my day with here's how you failed already. Congratulations. Good morning. <laughs> but that's totally it. So welcome aboard, Izzy. Welcome to the club. It's it's miserable, but man, Fridays are awesome. Now, here's what's for those of you who don't know, Izzy doesn't get Izzy's getting screwed. I'll just say it. Nobody else is saying this. I'll say it. Sorry, CEO Chris, if you're watching right now. Izzy's getting screwed because the only reason you destroy your body clock is for Friday. Because the rest of the world is at work. The rest of the world is doing something. And what do you want to do? You want to go to a movie at noon? Knock yourself out. You want to go to the sports bar and start watching East Coast games and get, get a ride home and start drinking at two? Knock yourself out. Want to go to the golf? I got a tea time today. It's at, I think, 11.05. I'm out the door. Let's go. Whatever you want, you get to do it on a Friday and nobody's in your way. There are no lines. There's no nothing. And while I'm out there doing something else, Izzy and Jeff are here working on the Friday. Hey, Izzy, your show starts at one today, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. And you'll uh, probably get home maybe four today. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you try to duck out a little early. You deserve it. On a Friday, yeah. So Izzy's Izzy doesn't get any of those benefits. Now, granted, there's a tidy part of me that says, "Yeah, and uh, I did all of that and made four seventy-five an hour," <laughs> and, and that was, but that was that was before Izzy was born. I mean, that's just that's just the way of 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 the world. Uh, Izzy, what plans do you have this weekend? Uh, well, I gotta redo Valentine's Day. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get my life together now. <laughs> That's what, you know what? Well, good, good move by you. Good, good move uh, by you, Jeff. Weir production. What's on your uh, docket this weekend? Um, hopefully, I'm gonna try to uh, watch some baseball. Oh, that's pretty fantastic. That is fantastic. Yeah. That is fantastic. Give us some good B-roll. If you are, are you doing it to work, or are you saying screw the world? I'm going as a fan. Now that you mentioned, it, I may try to take a camera and get some B-roll. Yeah, yeah. Knock but yourself out. I won't ask for it specifically because really. that's kind of unfair. Uh, <laughs> but hey, you know, go for it. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. I, I, this is between us. But Cam Cox of Twelve News. I saw him on Wednesday. I went out Wednesday. I didn't go. Thir- uh, I didn't go yesterday. 
And uh, and he said, I, I said, hey, do you guys need anything? And he goes, no, 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 we're good. He goes, hey, but you know, if you're here tomorrow, let's let's do a hit. And I said, no, I, I won't, I won't be here tomorrow. I got a bunch of sales appointments. And he goes, sales? And I said, yeah. Wait, wait, how do you think the podcast makes money? I mean, let's go. And then he says, well, okay, well, let's. Hey, you want to do something Friday? I got a tea time about 11 o'clock, Cam. I'm not coming anywhere near here Friday. He goes, what about Saturday? Saturday, I'm asleep. We're not doing that. What about Sunday? Hey, I got mass on Sunday. And then he goes, well, what are you doing after mass? I got mass on Sunday. <laughs> I don't know what I got to go. I'm not coming over here on Sunday. Especially Goodyear to Salt River. And then he looks at me. He goes, what about Monday? You know, Monday's a great idea. I'll see you then. And then so we'll do something on Monday. So maybe if you guys want to come out too, we could do something together uh, Monday. But oh, by the way, speaking of sales, when I have a client meeting, I don't talk about it until they sign a contract. And the reason why is to be fair, I don't want anybody thinking somebody's not great because they didn't choose to support the Unplugged Army. Because let's face it, what if I was terrible as a salesperson that day? So blame me. I don't want you to blame them. And then on top of that, I, I don't know if it's fair for that client to know what their marketing strategies are. Like even if they talk to me, that's a potential strategy. So normally I keep this quiet. I, I want you to know about who I met with yesterday because I didn't even know this exists and it was so cool. And I think if you know me, I like Vroom Vroom. I met with a group called Radford Racing School that used to be Bondurant. And I have done Bondurant before. Uh, I I did, I got a, I won a, a, a gift, which was a free trip of an open wheel race. So, you know, IndyCars, they had a really dumbed down IndyCar that I got to race at PIR. So it was hilarious. They teach you, they say, okay, the, the first thing they do is they just put you in the car. They just put you in the car, but everybody has to follow the pace car. You're not allowed to pass anybody, and you're only going about 50 miles an hour. That's it. So you're going around the track at 50 miles an hour. Now, here's what's hilarious about that. The first time you're driving an open-wheel car, literally my butt is an inch and a half off the ground. And even at 50 miles an hour, man, I feel like I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy, blah, blah, blah. Then we go out there. And when we go out, then we go back in. And then when you go back in, they teach you the class of how to handle the curves, how to handle the steering, whatever. They have one rule. If you hit anything or spin out, you're out. You're done. Even a spin out, you're out. So if you go too fast and you spin it out, okay, now we're done here. So you don't get to participate anymore. Then they send you out the second time. And the second time is dramatically different. I hope anybody cares about this story. I just, I'm just rolling right now. Then they put out four pace cars. And then with the four pace cars, you do this. It's a pace car, three, you know, student drivers on, uh, on open wheel cars, pace car, three, pace, you know, like that. And then what they do is the pace car guy will go like this. And when he sticks his hand out and goes like this, who's ever in third place gets to feel the rush of passing the two cars in front of them and then coming back in into the pace car. So it's pace car, three cars, pace car, three cars like that. Well, then after you get the thrill of passing somebody and getting back in and handling the curves during that session, then the other pace cars leave the track and 
and you follow one pace car, you're not allowed to pass anybody, but then he goes about 90 miles an hour. And then you get the feel of 90. Now, here's what was funny to me. Going 50 or 60 when I had never done it before was like, wow! You know, I mean, I was just going crazy. I thought this was incredible. But then going about 90, I actually got used to it. And I'm driving around PIR looking, oh, there's that. Oh, look at that. And I'm like driving around like I'm on cruise control. It was pretty cool. Then you go back in for more lessons. Then they put everybody in a 15-passenger van. Now, this was crazy. The guy drove about 120 miles an hour in a 15-passenger van, going around the curves, and he's explaining, go high here, come down low here. There's a groove mark here, do this. And he's breaking down the track on how to go as fast as you want. Then they put everybody into the cars, okay? And here's the rule now. You're not allowed to pass anybody, but it's go as fast as you want, but you can't pass. However, if somebody is in your way, come into the pits, and then when you're in the pits, they will flat, They will watch the track. They monitor the track, and then they send you back out when there's openings between the people. And they said, uh, here's the famous line, most of you are never going to come into the pits and some of you might come in once i came in three times <laughs> i kept catching up to people so then i had to go into the pits and then they let me back out and then i come back in and i am so juiced that i'm the one that was going faster than everybody else i'm the one that kept having to pull into the pits i'm thinking i was flying you know and i was about ready to tell the word because there's no speedometer on the car i was gonna tell man i was going about 150 160 around the track yeah you know i'm all jacked up and i asked them i asked man how fast was i going and they said you were probably going the fastest you possibly could yeah yeah how fast is that the guy says well it's got a limiter on it it's about 95 I thought I was going like 150 miles an hour. He was 95. I was like, uh, it's just the 10. As long as it's not rush hour, it's not a big deal. <laughs> kind of went a little too long on that story. But anyway, that was Bondurant. Radford Racing bought it. And these guys have a simulated car that's got hydraulics on the back. Listen to this. Listen to how cool this is. It actually lifts up the whole back tires so they're barely touching the road. And it has training wheels on it. And you can take, you can have your kids take classes to learn how to drive on ice and rain and everything. And this is a real car on real pavement, but it perfectly simulates how you go into skids and then how you get out of it for safety reasons. I mean, like this is something for anybody of all ages. So you've got that kind of thing. I mean, you can, how much safer would you feel if your kids took a class like that? You can do that at Radford Racing. You can have group events where you learn Learn to be race car drivers and you actually take the cars out. So like if you're a CEO and you really want to get the guys going and then so we started talking marketing a little bit and I said, I have an idea. I'd like to create a commercial for you where we put a camera in front of the passenger seat and you seriously try to make Izzy feel like he's going to die. 
<laughs> I want you to go around the track as fast as you can. I want you to come as close to the wall as you can. I want you to come up on a barrier and slam on the brakes. I want to see how many different faces and noises we can make Izzy do. And then I want that to be a 15-second commercial, and that's it. Just, ah, whoa, ah, ah, Radford Racing School. <laughs> that's it. I hope that happens. Now, Izzy, am I right? I mean, I think you are a strong dude if you were the one actually doing the driving. Now, I don't know how fast you'd go in your racing car, but I think you, know, you would be a strong-willed dude. But if it's the true professional race car driver trying to freak you out, I think he would succeed. Am I right? <laughs> there we go. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I think, in all honesty, I'm, I'm actually one of the drivers that you hate on the road. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm as slow as slow can be. So, if, as if, long as you're not in the left lane, I have no problem with how fast you drive. Well, Doug. Oh no. <laughs> Whatever gets me home the fastest. Oh <laughs> no. Safest. Yeah. So, in saying that, doing getting getting behind a race car can't do it. Be on the passenger seat. Oh, I love it. But okay, okay. There, there'll be some tear shit. <laughs> That'll be great. Good. So there's there's a again. If, if this never happens, you, I'll never break. I'll probably never break my rule again of talking about people that might be advertisers. But I had such a good time out there. I wanted to give them a free plug. It's part of uh, Wild Horse Pass is is the Radford Racing School. Um, so there was that, and then I left for another client meeting. And I don't want to tell you who that was with. That would be confidential. However, I was at Trophy, which is a sports bar in in Chandler. And I went over there because I was right next because it's it's like right next door to not right next door, but it's not that far from Wild Horse Pass. So I went over there, met this guy and Tim Hovick, the guy from Santan Ford. I mean, he's been all over the world with all of his commercials and stuff like that. He he's a huge ASU sponsor, huge. And he was sitting next to me talking with uh with a friend of his and then afterwards i was like hey just sit here you know because i traveled with him a lot for asu games because i would be on the team plane when i was the sideline guy and he's one of the number one sponsors of asu so he would be right along with us and uh got to know him really well and i had a great time with him at trophy and here's the reason why i want to talk about him this was really cool he said hey um how do you feel about this? Did you hear the big news on Tuesday? And I said, you mean about the LPGA coming to town? And he goes, yeah, I, I just like you to know if you, if you would talk about that on your podcast when we get closer to the event, I, I would really appreciate it. This is, this is near and dear to my heart. I, I have seen what how empowered we young girls are when they see female athletes, professional athletes like the LPGA. I think this is great to come to the Phoenix area. I've, I've done a ton of work on it. I'm proud to say we were successful in bringing it back. And, uh, and this, this really means a lot to me. And I, I thought that was really cool. And, uh, and, it's, and it's something that I'm going to bring up in a, in a second in Doug's big one. But that, that really got me fired up that here's just a dude that's been able to do well in life through incredible hard work. And yet now, He's always sponsoring so many different sporting events and then on his own work to get the LPGA tour to come back to Phoenix. And uh, I, who knows if he's putting up the price money himself or whatever. But man, I thought that was cool that think about all the things he might want to talk about in seeing me for the first time in a while. And what does he want to talk about? He wants to talk about the LPGA and how and how empowering that is. So I thought that was cool to uh, to see him think. So we got some great things coming, I think. 
don't forget whirlwind uh governor josh did something governor I, I i don't know why i promoted you to governor josh general josh did something really cool yesterday he heard me talk about the fact that the numbers are a little bit lower the unplugged army whether and listen it's none of my business but whether it's cost whether it's the late signing period that we had to get people signed up the numbers aren't as great he turned around on his own called some buddies, got another foursome in, and is working on a second foursome. So he might personally be responsible for eight golfers to come in. And uh, it's a sanctioned event, meaning you do lose status if you're not there, but it doesn't mean you have to golf. I'll never force you to spend money. But it is official, Civilic closes at 5 o'clock. Five o'clock, because think about it, it's a casino. They want you to go over to the casino. So I want to do happy hour somewhere else. So golf and breakfast and things like that, I'll be there at about 10, 1030, eating breakfast. I'll be on the range at about 1130. If you can't play golf that day, please come out to breakfast or lunch at Civlik. If you can't do that, please join us for happy hour. And I haven't decided where happy hour is. We might go to Rosati's. We might go to Trophy. We might go um, over to mile brew and make it a little more central so everybody that's if you're golfing and you don't want to join us for happy hour hey go home if you want to join us i think maybe 100 mile brew might be a great idea you know what let's just officially do that let's just officially make it that we'll go to 100 mile brew for uh for happy hour so if you want to come over well would i rather do trophy no let's do 100 mile brew let's do 100 mile brew we'll go to 100 mile brew and, uh, and, and hopefully we'll, we can talk to Sue and, uh, and, and move forward and get excited. So that'll be Friday. And let's set the time at about 6 o'clock for happy hour uh, on Friday. I'd love for everybody that's golfing to come over afterwards. But if you can't make it, I understand. If you haven't signed up for golf, the Unplugged Army needs you. I need you to represent. Go to unpluggedwhirlwind.com. If you are listening to the podcast right now on Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, you don't see this, but Izzy has already jumped on putting uh, the website up on TV right now. If you click on the bottom blue uh, button, that will get you more information on Whirlwind Plus, which is a fantastic plan that has my full endorsement. If you're a golfer, I guarantee you it saves you a ton of money. Do it for a legendary course. But about our event, go to events for the next Unplugged Army event. That's a tab on the top. Click on that tab, and when you do that, it explains our February event, and you just hit the button at the bottom, RSVP. And then when you do that, you sign up. Now, they don't give you specific tee times when you sign up. But you can put in the comments section where it's easiest for you. Right now, the, the, the uh, tee times from noon until about 1235, they're all taken up. But we have some openings from about 1245 to 130. So please go specifically tell Sweet Lou, this is what works for me. It can be just you. And if you're just a single member of the Unplugged Army, come anyway. You're going to meet a bunch of good dudes who are in the Army as well. But if you have a group... Simply sign up yourself and then in the comment section say, here are the guys in my group and it'll be organized so the guys in your group are, uh, are in. And I, I think that's it. Uh, sound credits today. We got a ton of stuff. Uh, we got Tommy Lloyd from Arizona Wildcats YouTube page. We have um, Bobby Hurley in the four-minute offense. That came from Sun Devil Source. We have Caitlin Clark. Was that from Big Ten Network, Izzy, is where we got Caitlin Clark? Or is that ESPN? 
Uh, that was NBC. Oh, NBC. Wow, that's cool. Um, we have Cliff Kingsbury from, uh, I think it's commanders.com is, is their website. I got a lot of Cliff Kingsbury because I just want to rip him. I admit it. Maybe it's personal. It shouldn't be personal. Like, he never did anything rude to me. I just think it was such a bad hire, and, he, and I hate it when people don't adjust. And I totally feel like, I'll admit that 100% opinion, I can't prove it, but I don't believe the allegations against the offensive line coach, Sean Kugler, and I felt like he was hung out to dry, and Cliff Kingsbury is one of the people that I blame for. So I admit it. Maybe it is a little personal. Um, and then, boy, Izzy found something fantastic from Sham Sharania that I can't wait to get to. So we've got a lot here uh, on the table to go to. But you know what? A topic I've never talked about. It's time for that right now. Let's roll. Doug's big one. Doug's big one today. Something happened last night. And I have to tell you, you'll never guess what it was. And it thoroughly impressed me. And I'm so excited that we continually move in this direction. I want to play this for you, and you'll have no idea why it excited me, okay? I want you to watch the Michigan Wolverines. While this is going on, you focus on Michigan. Izzy, if you could play for me um, Clark 2, whatever the actual shot was from the four-minute offense, play for me uh, Caitlin Clark setting the new all-time women's basketball scoring record. Gabby Marshall. Here comes Clark. How will she go for history? The all-time leading scorer in women's college basketball. Now, I have not prepped Izzy for this or Jeff Weir production. And you can you really you know Izzy, I'm we've worked together for a little while, but I'm strange. I, I admit it. But What's what do you think I'm talking about before I even go there? When I actually mention Michigan, what grabbed you about that video? Well, I mean, there was a huge celebration going on. I would have pushed the ball forward up the court, but they kind of just took it slower to pretty much pretty much uh, let the let Iowa yep. go back on defense. They they did. And you're 100% right. But here's where I think we've made a huge advancement that deserves a major shout out. Michigan did not stop the game. They still they didn't push it, but they still went up the floor and started running their offense. And here's why I love that. I would not have ripped Michigan if they were like in soccer, once you get to a higher level, you're raised that when the ball goes out about or when when a player goes down and it's not a total ridiculous flop. And that granted, that's not very often. You kick it out of bounds. Like you actually up. Oh, kick it out of bounds so everybody can get ready. So you've turned it over on purpose. The other team gets the throw in. They throw it into their guy, and their guy takes it and just blasts it all the way down the field to give it to the other team's goalie as a, as a turnover on purpose. Okay, you allowed us to get our player healthy. Here, we'll give you the ball back. If Michigan would have taken the ball and thrown it out of bounds, I would not have ripped them. I would have even said that's a classy move. But what I love is that this is a game. We're here to compete. We don't care about your record. We're here to win. And I don't care if this is remotely sexist. I mean it as a salute. That, to me, is a huge advancement in the women's game. It's why women's sports, I think, are a total have moved in the last four years into a total growth sport. 
And I, I think her name's you, you know women's basketball better than I do, Izzy. It's Angela Reese at LSU, right? Oh, Angel Reese. Angel Reese, thank you. Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark, they're part of the machine, okay? And clearly it started all the way back with Cher, with well, really Ann Myers Drysdale, who's a Hall of Famer and had a tryout with the Pacers. But you go into Cheryl Miller, who some people say is the greatest female basketball player of all time. Other people say it's Diana Taurasi. You have these moments of great players, no doubt about it. But this huge new renaissance that is taking over is wonderful for the game. But to me, I have always had problems with people that think I owe it to you to watch. No, I don't. You're a business. Okay? I don't owe you anything. Your product is entertaining enough for me to watch. I'll watch. If it's not, I'm not watching. There's no guilt trip here. You can't tell me I'm part of the problem because I don't watch women's. No, I'm not. It's your job to entertain me, not the other way around. It's never the way that you are trying to pretend it to be. You're wrong when you try to guilt trip people into watching. That means you don't have a product good enough to get me to watch. So that's your only recourse. Can you feel how, even if you agree or disagree with what I just said, can you not feel how the product is entertaining? They, they have, in my opinion, they have stopped doing the whining and said, judge us by the product then. And the product is pretty darn good. That's pretty exciting. Somebody shooting from the logo and 13,000 people losing their mind is awesome. And I love the fact that Michigan said, okay, good, congratulations. We got a game to play. I remember when I was in college, I will never remember the teams. And granted, I'm the jerk. I realize it. But there was a girl, I, I can't remember what team it was from, college team in which she was going to be able to set the all-time career scoring mark for her college. And the game before, with only one point away from being able to break the record, she tore her ACL. Tore her ACL. Out for the year, never going to be able to set the record. So the team had an idea. And the team went to their next opponent and said, we'd like to start so-and-so. And we'd like her to score a bucket. And then after she scores a bucket, we will let you go down and score a bucket. We're going to start the season two and two. We're going to start the game. It'll be tied two to two. Now we'll play basketball. And they agreed to that. So the other team didn't try on the tip. And the girl in crutches, they actually let crutches on the court. She is standing in the block. They pass her the ball. She scores. Crowd goes crazy. She starts crying. Her parents are crying. The other team takes the ball out, throws it to the guard. The guard dribbles down, throws it to a teammate. The teammate makes a layup. It's now two to two. And quote, unquote, the game starts. Listen, I don't know about you. I'm going to go block her shot. Hey, woman in crutches, you ain't scoring on us, all right? I'm not playing your cheesy, let's stop the competition. And if I'm the person that has the record, this is cheese ball. I set that record, I earned it. I'm not supporting you breaking my record with this. Part of the deal is staying healthy. Part of the deal is trying to, is handling the bumps and bruises. Now, great, I think we all agree an ACL isn't like, man, you're not doing enough in your, uh, in your workouts. But you see the point. 
to me, that's where women's sports was 25 years ago, where everybody stopped competing so we can let somebody have something special. Some of you might think that's the sweetest story you've ever heard and you think I'm a jerk for it. I, I, I get it. I get it. But listen, when there's a scoreboard, there's a winner and a loser. And I tell you which one I don't want to be. And whatever I can do to make sure I'm on the winning side, I'm doing to me, that's where women's sports was. Now we're at the point where Kaitlin Clark sends, sets one of the most elusive records in women's athletics. And Michigan's like, so what? I, we want to win. We want to win. Here we go. And they go back down the court and, and they don't stop. All right. After what you just heard, Izzy, where do you put me in today's Doug's big one on the jerk factor? On, on a scale of like one to ten, where am I on the jerk factor that I'm thrilled because Michigan kept competing and yet I admit I would block a shot of a girl in crutches because I'm not playing this little cheesy game? Well, to be honest, I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. Okay, I'm not, okay. I'm not disagreeing. Even when Diana Taurasi, she hit her 10,000th point and there's a timeout there. The Phoenix Mercury team is posing, yeah. you know, in the middle of the court. And I'm like, we, I'm, I'm only going to be here longer. You yeah. know, it's just like, it's, and I, yeah, I agree, with 100%, I agree with you 100%. Why stop competing on yeah. top of that and make this a celebration, especially? I shouldn't tell you the story. Again, this is one of those stories that's just between you and I, Izzy. But yeah, one of my proudest moments as a dad proudest moment my kid we got the young intern mckenna we were in massive arguments her senior year in high school massive because she was playing on two broken legs (laughs) she she had had a stress fracture that grew and grew and she wasn't running well at all and i have 29 broken bones i've got major issues because i played on all of these injuries in high school she's heard all of these stories from my friends about all of these crippling injuries and then yet i go out there and play and I here's why I did it. Number one, I hate sitting. Let's go. Suck it up. Number two, I was smart enough to realize I'm the biggest. Like even in high school, I knew I was high school Harry. No one's going to give me a scholarship. I'm never playing the game again. So I'm not allowing an injury to stop me from playing. Well, she had the same mentality and I'm the one that wouldn't let her play. And she's furious at me. You played, and that's exactly why I'm not letting you. You know, and we would go back and forth at it all the time. And she was really angry. Well, then on senior day, the coaching staff went to McKenna and said, we've approached the other team, and we've asked the other team to let you start the game. And we're going to pass you the ball. You're going to be in the official book that you started. You got a touch. You pass it to somebody. You pass it to this other girl that's your friend. And then your friend's going to kick it out of bounds. And then the other team will get a throw in. And now the the game starts. And they've agreed to this. And we we want we think you're a great teammate. You've been great for us all year. We want to honor you. We want you to be able to start. And then they said, however, there's one thing we're worried about. And she's, what's that? We're worried that you're not going to do this and you're going to try to play and you're going to try to take the ball down the field. <laughs> and they had, they had to force her into doing it this way or they weren't going to play her. And she came to me and she said, you know, what should I do? And I said, I'm not answering that question <laughs> because I know what's kind of right 
and I know I wouldn't do it. <laughs> so that this is something you've got to live with the rest of your life. I'm not answering that question. So if you want to play and they come in and you force them to slide tackle you, you're going to deal with the pain, not me. And if you want to be the person that passes it off and, and, and then your team loses the ball and you know it's coming, go right ahead, okay? Hey, whatever you want, but this is your life. And, uh, and she followed the rules and did it. But the fact that they knew that they couldn't trust her, it's like, yes, yes. All right. That was 48 minutes of stories today. <laughs> on a roll on a, on a roll. roll it's a beer friday i hope you're okay i have we've accomplished nothing so far uh and izzy has done so much work to get ready for today's show and what have i done uh basically nothing uh i tell you what bef- uh, let, let's let's let uh the two of us regroup and figure out what our plan is coming up next I want to rip Cliff Kingsbury for a bunch of crap that he spewed. I want to get you ready for ASU and U of A. We've got a little bit of Suns to talk about, and uh, and I want to get excited about spring training baseball. Let's keep having fun today. I hope you're okay with it and you're enjoying a strange and non-competitive version of Doug Franz Unplugged. And yet we're still blocking the shot of anybody in crutches. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. On the home of the Arizona Rattlers and Tucson Sugar Skulls, this is WTSMTV.com. This time of year is absolute murder on your heating and cooling system in your home. Call Parker and Son, 6022-REPAIR. Get a complete checkup. Here's why. You know what it's like this time of year in Phoenix. One day we've got 85 degrees, the next day we've got a high of 50. You're going from heater to air conditioner, sometimes in the same day. Get a checkup to make sure the routine maintenance is taken care of. Join the Parker family plan. Call 6022-REPAIR. That's 602-THE-NUMBER-TWO, then R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker & Sons. Burrito Express started with my father about... 25 years ago, he got laid off and decided that he needed to do something to provide for his family. My brother and I were older teens, 17, 18 year old, and I'm going to do a trial out of my house. So literally, we decided we're going to start out of his house. So we delivered uh, menus in a square mile area, literally started delivering burritos out of our home in Mesa, Arizona. And after about a month, he said, let's do this. Went and found his first location. And believe it or not, that's how it started. We started with one location back in 1995. Now we're where we are now. I gotta tell you, I, I don't know if my dad's watching TV right now, but yesterday I couldn't remember where the Reds had spring training. Uh, before they, I, I knew Plant City, Florida. Then they moved to Sarasota when the White Sox went to Tucson. Then they came from Sarasota here to uh, Goodyear. I couldn't remember where they were before that. And my dad texted me to tell me it was in Tampa at Al Lopez Field. And he told me that during the, I think it was perfect perfect timing to text me during the break. I was like, wow, I wonder if he's watching it. He actually knew that. While I was in the revenue generating portion of the program, I checked Twitter real quick. And I just, I think this is awesome. I hate it when people will rip someone for their generosity because somebody else thinks that they should donate more. I have always felt like that's crappy. You know, it happened to Oprah Winfrey when she owns tons of land on Maui 
And then after the fires of Maui uh, that destroyed Lahaina, she donated a million dollars to the recovery effort and got ripped for it. Like, Europe, you own land in Miami, and you've got all of this money. You've got millions upon millions upon millions. You should be given a lot more than that. And people, I'm like, really? I don't understand how anybody thinks they know what somebody else should do with their money. It's just, I've always thought that was crappy. So some of you are going to be upset. Wait, that's it? No, no, no. But I'm not like this at all. I think this is really cool, and I want to give her a free plug. The uh, woman that dies, Lisa Lopez Galvin, is the one person that died that I know of in the tragic shooting that took place at the end of the Chiefs parade and the Chiefs celebration of the Super Bowl. So she passes away. They put up on GoFundMe a a link in order to hopefully raise $75,000. They say $75,000. She doesn't have any any burial costs that have been set up. I don't know about a will or anything, but to set up her family and to set up the burial and put them on a little bit better path, they've asked for $75,000. Taylor Swift donated $100,000. Yeah. Hey, would somebody out there, can we raise enough money for $75,000? Taylor Swift, here's 100000 Go Chiefs. I mean, that's awesome. And I know there's going to be somebody out there. Don't you realize she makes that every second? Don't you? Really? She still found it. She still says, I want to help. And that's cool. So Taylor, Taylor Swift getting a free plug on Doug Franz Unplugged. Please contribute. Please, t- please tell me. Next time, Taylor, you know, this is quid pro quo here. Next concert. Man, I love Doug Franz Unplugged. Everybody should download it now. I think that's fair. I think it's totally fair. This is all Izzy. Izzy found this, and I think this is fantastic. And man, we've got a lot to talk about on this one. I think you know the story. Isaiah Stewart. Um, member of the Detroit Pistons, already proven to be a little bit of a jerk in one instance in his life. I don't know the man to know if it's a constant theme in his life, but it gets into a, 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 an argument and a battle with LeBron James over nothing, just trying to, 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 to look tough. Well, now he's got a little bit, I, from the Drew Eubanks point of view, they've had some good battles on the court. I don't know anything about bad blood, but they've had some battles on the court. And in the basically downstairs in the bowels of the arena, a footprint center in the loading dock, here comes uh, Stewart. They they get chest to chest. Boom. All we know is there's a punch that this is all that's come out. And then there's been an arrest of Stewart. Okay, that's where it ends. Now, I'm going to play this for you. Well, really, Izzy's playing it. Sham Sharania, NBA insider. He's probably the second best insider in all of the NBA, which with uh, ESPN's Wojnarowski being number one. This is the athletic Sham Sharania talking about this incident. I'll give you my opinion in just a second, but I want you to hear it unfiltered. So last night, Isaiah Stewart was arrested for assault. He was released. They, they gave the police, Phoenix police gave him a citation. The NBA itself has also launched an official review of the incident, and they've gotten security footage. And that, multiple people with direct knowledge of the situation told me that this is what took place. This is what that footage will show. Isaiah Stewart, Drew Eubanks were in the back hallways pregame, exchanged some words, uh, and it really stemmed from their last game against each other in Detroit, November. 
November 5th, they were chest to chest. Uh, Isaiah Stewart dropped his bags and punched Drew Eubanks in the face amid their exchanging of words and them coming chest to chest. Um, I'm told Drew Eubanks was punched in the mouth area. And from what I'm told, the footage will show Drew Eubanks barely flinched. Uh, he stood there stone cold, okay. took the punch. Obviously, and police security got involved, separated them, and police had uh, Isaiah Stewart escorted out of the arena. So this is really in the hands of local law enforcement, their investigation, which is active, as well as uh, the league's investigation that is going to you know, now take place over the coming uh, days and weeks. Okay. This is hilarious to me. I mean, this is where you're, you're talking to the guy that's been in the media for 30 years. I know how things work. And this is why this is so funny. I am not saying anything that Charania said is wrong. I am not calling him a liar in any way. Everything might be proven to show that Shams has every single detail correct. Okay. However, here's why this is so funny. He says, according to the multiple people I've talked to or people that have seen the video, their chest to chest, Stewart drops his bags. Stewart punches him in the mouth. And Drew Eubank stands there stone cold and barely flinches. That means the sons, somebody in the sons, multiple people in the sons are the source. And they are going after Stewart. They want to embarrass him like crazy. They want to stick up for Drew Eubanks. I mean, if you really think about it, does it matter? If we're talking about is Stewart innocent till proven guilty? If we're talking about is Stewart a bad guy? All of the things that normally would be a discussion point about this situation. What is it that the sons want you to know? The sons want you to know in their statement that it was unprovoked and uh, they want you to know. I think, was that the term, Izzy? Was it unprovoked? Do you remember the statement from the sons? Uh, I, I'm, uh, nah, not at all. No. I, I totally get it. I, I got to look at that. Uh, um, I, I admit, I'm looking it up right now. Unprovoked. That was unprovoked. the word. Unprovoked unprovoked act of violence okay that's from the sun statement and do you remember how uh, upset monty williams was calling that irresponsible to come out with a statement this early on that's so accusatory of stewart because when you say unprovoked you're clearly labeling good guy bad guy in this situation so you go unprovoked like that and and Monty's thinking that's reckless well number one I'm sure the Suns saw the video before they released the statement so they could go after Stewart but when you tell when you reach out to a member of the media when you want them to know your side of the story think about it the only time you ever have a source is either you want something now or later okay that's it is that's why it's hard to develop sources because you full well know they expect something from you you have no idea how many people in this city have been pissed off at me because they thought by being a source of mine they were going to get some other benefit i'm like your benefit is you and i getting beer 
that's the benefit okay if you don't find it entertaining to get a beer with me i'm crappy to use because i'm not gonna tell fans you made a great trade or you're a great person if you're not if you're a good dude and you tell me nothing i'm still gonna tell people you're a good dude your your factor with me is not determined by whether or not you give me inside information that doesn't make you a good guy so don't give me inside information if you think somehow i'm gonna lie about you or i'm gonna say man that's a great trade when i think it stinks i'm not selling my opinion for information well that's usually how it's done okay this is why it's so funny it was so important to the Suns to get this out that it's unprovoked. We're backing, and then to say, think about it, all the reasons to throw to go after Stewart, and then you say, Eubanks stood there and took it and barely flinched. <laughs> that has nothing to do with it. And, and, and like no one's going. There's going to be no jury that's going to look at that. No cop is going to say, "Oh, he took it," so that means it's a lesser penalty. Whatever. That is such an irrelevant detail, unless you tell you want that out because you're the Pistons aren't writing that up. The Pistons aren't going to announce. Yeah, he punched him, and it didn't even flinch. Eubank, man, we're we're going to cut Stewart because he's he doesn't punch well. I mean, come on. I just think this is a hilarious story now at the lengths the Suns are going to paint Stewart in the corner. And I'm not faulting them for it. It might be totally true. It could easily be unprovoked. Sharani might be proven right in everything he said based on the video. Eubanks might go and stared him back down who knows what it says this could all be true the funny part is how important it is to the sons to get this out and to get it to you i think that's great sound right there if you would have heard it and this is kind of arrogant of me to say it so i apologize up front if you would have heard that you probably would focus as a regular fan on wow that's that okay wow Man, Stewart's a bad dude. Good job. Good reporting, Sharnia. Uh, Sharnia. Good reporting, or good job, Drew. And you, you, and it ends there. Me being in the media, I know the only reason Shams would know that is if the Suns want you to know it because you would never have anybody else say, he just stood there and took it. He barely flinched. I think that's the hilarious part uh, of the story. So there is uh, Suns uh, KD book playing on Sunday. Tip off, I believe, at six. I'll cheat and look it up. No, tip off at five. Uh, no, I think tip off is at six. I think tip off is at six. I wrote down five, but I think it's eight o'clock Eastern, and we're two hours behind Eastern time. So I think tip off is at uh, is at six o'clock on Sunday night. KD starting and book. Uh, coming off the bench. Nobody for the Suns participating in any of the slam dunk three-point contest, any of All-Star Saturday. Of course, I'm sure Katie and Book will be sitting there front row, but they're not uh, participating in anything. All right, let's get to ASU and U of A. And, and the rivalry game tomorrow, that tip-off time is at 7.30 tomorrow night. We'll start things off with Bobby Hurley. This is from the Oregon State win. So this is now Beer Friday morning. You're about to hear something from Wednesday night. So I admit it's a little dated, but I really, I really found it interesting the way a coach goes into certain games and then admits it. Bobby Hurley admitted he was really worried about Wednesday night because of Saturday night upcoming. It helps. I mean, I was very nervous about tonight's game because, uh, 
you know, there's a tendency to, to, to overlook uh, your opponent, even though, you know, they beat us pretty soundly on their home court. It's just, you know, this is the, the Arizona game week and guys are thinking maybe past this game. So I'm happy that, you know, we were able to deliver, you know, a good performance in, in the uh, in the second half. We got to play better in both halves when you're playing teams like Arizona, though. You can't afford to, uh, we can't. We'd have to cut our turnovers probably in half, you know, from 15 to like single digits to, you know, we can't allow a team like that to uh, get live ball turnovers and get out in the open court with that crowd and their, you know, their talent, you know, at the offensive end of the floor. Okay, a couple things there. Number one, I do consider Bobby a friend before I say this. Um, How about that Duke math for a second? They had 15 turnovers against Oregon State. And then he goes, you know, we got 15 turnovers. In order for us to beat U of A, you know, we're going to have to be able to cut that down by, you know, in half. And that to, uh, and then he freezes. And somehow seven and a half got too hard. It became, you know, we got we got to get around seven. We got to get around eight. We got to, you know, like the wheels are turning and the Duke math isn't happening. He goes, uh, we got to cut it in half to uh, single digits. <laughs> Okay, okay. Uh, nine is close enough. There we go. I, I, I was highly entertained by that. But secondly, he's so right. The ASU, and I'm not joking, it's not going to happen, but let's be fair. They're not out of the NCAA tournament. But I think they've got to win out during the regular season. This this is not Bobby's fault. He does try to schedule hard, but the teams that they scheduled didn't have as good of seasons, and he didn't schedule as hard as he had in the past. This is their first top 25 game all year. The, 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 their opponents ended up being so weak this year. They've never played a top 25 team, and now they're going to today, or excuse me, tomorrow, against U of A. If they win out... And pick up a couple wins. Now, obviously, if you win out all the way, you win the Pac-12 tournament. If you never lose again, you're the Pac-12 champions. And then what do you get? You get an automatic bid. So let's exclude the Pac-12 final. If they win every game between now and the Pac-12 final, they're still in. Because that would include sweeping a top 10 team in Tucson and Tempe against U of A. And sweeping the last weekend of the Pac-12 season is the SoCal road trip. So then you'd get a nice win against USC and UCLA. Those would be quad one wins, I bet, at the time. So that would do enough to fix the rest of the problem. Now think about how ridiculous it is what I'm saying. I'm only explaining to you the math, all right? ASU, they're not winning nine games, ten games in a row. But that's what it's going to take. Yet you still have this opportunity if you figure out your crap. And who knows if they pull off the upset. Like, I never would have picked them to win last year. I don't care that it was a 60-footer that won. I never would have picked them to win last year. And they won. So there's no way I'm picking them to win this year. But if they are able to win this game, who knows what that does for their confidence. That's from the ASU side of things. If you look at things from a U of A point of view this is Tommy Lloyd and it it was kind of funny of you know what actually give me Lloyd three if you would first is he I'd rather I would rather go uh I know this is weird I'd rather go in reverse a little bit so he goes into an ASU breakdown 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 
and goes through, he called them dangerous and he called them streaky. And he said in a positive way, they get going and they've, they've won a couple games now. They, they become a problem. And he talks about a bunch of the individuals. Arizona State's, you know, they're a dangerous team. They're, uh, they're, they're, you know, streaky, you know, and, 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 and I say that in a, in, with all due respect, you know, to, to we know that they're going to come in here and they're going to give great effort. And, you know, they got some, you know, really talented individual players. Um, they play extremely hard. You know, they're, they're probably one of the most, you know, aggressive defensive teams we'll have played all year. And then, you know, offensively, they have ability to make, make difficult shots. And, um, and so, so we got to be dialed in. And, you know, Collins is a really good player at both ends of the floor. And then Neil is really talented, you know, and, and Perez, we've never played against him, but, you know, I, I'm obviously he scored a lot of points over the course of his career and he's, and he's really effective. And, you know, Gaffney continues to develop and he's talented and dangerous. I mean, there's not many guys that can catch a lob and hit a three and he can do that. And, you know, then they got some bigs that are aggressive and then the Miller kid, you know, you know, is a high level recruit. I know he's had some injuries and transferred a little bit, but, you know, he's also, I've seen him play in high school and, and I know, you know, he's a lefty that's capable of, you know, getting really hot. I wanted you to hear that for two reasons. One, if you're a U of A fan and you haven't paid attention for crap for ASU, you would enjoy hearing what the coach thinks about the opponent. The, uh, the other reason I wanted to play that for you is I think he missed an opportunity right there. He's going to disagree with me, but I think he missed an opportunity. I think the biggest failure of this season for Bobby Hurley and it's it's been a continual failure for him. It's where, but it's it's totally my opinion. I want to be fair. If he was sitting right here, he would tell me I'm wrong. He would explain why I'm wrong. And I want to be fair to you that a guy who knows more about basketball than I do would say my opinion is wrong. I'm going to give you my opinion anyway. I think the number one issue with the Arizona State Sun Devil basketball team is the ridiculous shot selection and the freedom that Bobby Hurley gives to players that, to me, have proven that's not their shot. Number one, pre, uh, the number one example is Alonzo Gaffney. Now, if Bobby Hurley was sitting here next to me, he would say, wait a minute, haven't you seen his three-point shooting lately? Lately, Gaffney has been a little better. I don't think you have time in today's college basketball to go 23 games of terrible shooting end up below 500 to wait for one weekend where Gaffney does okay. I think it was a mistake to allow him to keep shooting the shots that he does. And I don't think he's a good enough shooter. Now, here's where I will give you my statistical analysis of it. I haven't looked this up in a week, so please give me a little bit of room ballparking-wise, okay? Alonzo Gaffney is, I'm betting, in the top seven in the Pac-12, top seven, with the most three-point attempts. I'm going to bet he's top seven. I'm going to bet he's not even in the top 50 in three-point percentage. Think about that juxtaposition. Go ahead and hit as many shoes as you uh, – shoes? Go ahead and hit what – is, where does that word come up? Hey, barkeep, can I have another – somebody else give me another beer. Um, you shoot as many threes as you want. You're top eight, top seven in most threes per game attempted in the Pac-12. How are you shooting? Eh, there's 50 other guys better than me. Bobby, why do you let him do that? 
Now, here's why I said Tommy Lloyd missed an opportunity. Did you hear at the end of that? He's going through this guy, this guy, this guy. And then he goes, Gaffney, not a lot of people can take a lob, slam at home, and hit a three. And he's one of them. I think you missed out right there. Tommy, let me give you a little media advice here. Use the media for yourself. And then go, and then there's Alonzo Gaffney. Man, he's, he's a guy, he's a good inside player, but he could kill us with those threes. I mean, he could kill us with those threes. So we will live in fear of him hitting threes. We're, we, we've got to worry about that, okay? He's a great three-point shooter. Just do that. Tell that kid, man, that's going to be our weakness of stopping you shooting from three. And then anytime Gaffney pulls up, red carpet, Matador defense, everybody get ready for a rebound. You know, I, I would be saying all game, shooter, shooter, shoot. Shooter is the term that an assistant coach who basically, this doesn't really happen in high school much, but in college and pro, you divide up the scouts. And what the scouts means is if you're an assistant coach and you're the youngest, the lowest level assistant coach, you'll get the scout for the, the weakest teams that are there. Uh, but then the better assistant coaches, they're in charge of other teams to scout them out. And that's the coach that then handles all the assignments, stuff like that. So you know who the guy is that's the, uh, who had that scout as an assistant when they're the ones always doing the most yelling. So whoever's yelling shooter, you've been telling them all week, we got to get in this guy's face, we got to get in this guy's face. I would be telling my team. If I'm you, if I'm Tommy Lloyd, I would tell an assistant, you're going to yell shooter whenever Gaffney gets the ball. And guys, I want you to know it's not true. We want him shooting. We beg him to shoot the three-pointer, but we're going to make him think that his three-point shots are deadly. So we're going to be yelling shooter, shooter, shooter every time he gets the ball. I totally believe Alonzo Gaffney, and I'm sorry to Mr. and Mrs. Gaffney, I'm not trying to rip your kid. The team has allowed him this freedom. So it's not your kid's fault. But Mr. and Mrs. Gaffney, I'm sorry. I think Alonzo is going to be the MVP of this game, and U of A is going to win by 25. Because when you see the end of the game, and he's 0 for 7 from 3 with, with three, four turnovers, all of his three-point attempts are turnovers. I think when, I'll set the over-under right now at 10.5. Okay, I think the over-under between missed threes and turnovers for Alonzo Gaffney is going to be at least nine and a half, at least double digits, okay? I'm going to say it's going to be 11. I think it's going to be that better. There's my scouting report. And if I'm Tommy Lloyd, man, feed that beast. Feed it. Oh, man, Alonzo Gaffney. Oh, no. Oh, no. Man, I wish we could have got that guy. He is deadly. Alonzo Gaffney's going to be chucking. You're right, coach. Uh, Okay, the next one. I like this. U of A's weaknesses really are, they don't have a, they really struggle in late game situations because every coach goes into a late game situation and says, stop Caleb Love. Stop it. You know, that, that's it. We stop Caleb Love. They don't really have a great setup. And I don't know why. I would assume Larson can hit. Of course, Ballo can dunk. And you can get the ball to him in the post and get a bucket. They would, you would think they have options. And they struggle chemistry-wise a little bit at the end of the game. And Tommy Lloyd was asked about late-game execution in close games. It's a, I mean, I know from your guys' seat, it probably looks like it could be better, um, and, and it could be better. But I would also say from the reality 
it's a lot harder than it looks. If you watch the end of these games, like on a night in, night out basis, I mean, it, it's hard to get good shots at the end of the game. You know, it, it really is. And, you know, you, you know, by this time of year, you're heavily scouted. You know, teams know your tendencies. I, I feel like we're trending in a better direction now than maybe when we did the, the Florida State game. And, you know, the second overtime, you know, at Utah, that's my fault. You know, they were, they were switching defenses. And, you know, and I figured, man, I'm going to call a timeout and they're just going to switch defenses again, you know, and it's, I was like, hey, we got the ball in one of our better players' hands, and I know he's capable of making a shot. And, you know, he and I have talked since then that, you know, we, we probably don't need to settle for a 30-footer. We need to put the ball on the floor, use our athletic ability, and, and, and make a play, you know, whether it's for yourself or for a teammate. So it's just, it's just hard to script at the end of a game. It really is. You know, teams, you know, you could play against a team all game, and they're playing – a certain type of defense and you get in the last possession, now they switch everything or they go to a zone, you know? So it's just, uh, it's, it's a lot easier said than done. I love that he admitted he was wrong on something. And let me be 100% clear. If I was the coach of that team, man, I would have butchered that so bad. I would have been so proud of myself. Hey, they're going to do this. They've been doing this. They've been doing this. And now they always switch defenses. So they're going to do this now. I mean, imagine how you'd look in front of your guys. This is now how they're going to play this. Late game situation, they usually, they try to pretend they're doing this but they're really going to switch to this defense. This guy's going to go here. This was now. Here's how we're going to hit it. Okay, great. Caleb Love's got the ball. Utah didn't switch their defense. They did nothing different. <laughs> so you've got all the guys, and I would have done the same thing. You would have overthought it. It was brilliant coaching by Utah. And yes, technically, Tommy Lloyd got out coached in that moment. But who's going to be a coach that sees that? Utah has changed. They're really good at changing defenses. They've changed defenses all the time. And this time they say, we're not going to change because they're expecting us to change. It was awesome. It was awesome. And Tommy Lloyd, yeah, I messed that up. But then Caleb Love recognizing they changed defenses and the play's not going to work, then just kind of pounded the ball. And, you know, okay, Caleb, come on now. You're a big time. You're a big time player. Go go play blacktop basketball, okay? Go just take over like you're on the playground and say, all right, you guys are doing that? Here, here's me. Here's I got to go. And create, not 30-foot chuck jobs. Come on. So, But, but you had that conversation. It was good. But I, I really liked what he said there. Okay, the last one is this. U of A fans, I, I don't want to give you my opinion yet. If you're a U of A fan, make this a Town Hall Tuesday comment. What do you think about this quote? A member of the media is really building up the rivalry, building up beating ASU, the pain of losing on the 60-footer last week, last time. And, you know, how the guys feel about that, how they feel about beating. Do you talk to the guys about the rivalry? And the guy's like, and it's basically some – some kid that still lives in his mom's basement, I think, that is begging, we hate ASU, come on, come on, coach, come on, coach. How do you feel about this answer? You know, I, I try not to overthink it, you know. I mean, I mean, I know, you know, it, it, it runs a lot deeper in some people than me, you know. I mean, I know, you know, probably, you know, people don't realize, you know, Bobby and I are friends, you know, I mean, we're friendly. I mean, we don't just hang out all the time or talk on the phone all the time, but we're definitely, you know, we have a good relationship and, you know, I, I respect him as a person and, and as a coach and, and, um, you know, so I, I don't try to get much beyond that. You know, I mean, I know not only we have to play Arizona State twice, I know it's going to be a hard game. Um, you know, we just, the way they're built, they're a dangerous team. So, 
Um, you know, but I also understand our fans are very passionate about it, and, and I and I and I'm, I'm cool with that. I, I respect that. <laughs> Here's why I like that. This is the for ASU. This is the biggest game of the year for U of A. I bet deep down inside, U of A fans look at ASU, and I'm only in basketball, not in life, but only in basketball. I believe you probably look at the rivalry dramatically different. I'm guessing here. But I'm guessing you look at the rivalry as I hate losing to ASU because then I have to deal with people at work. But really. I I believe there's a little bit. I'm bored with ASU. We got to beat UCLA. Okay. We got to beat UCLA. And I bet there's going to be end up a great U of A Kansas rivalry in the Big 12. There's already developed a wonderful Kansas Baylor rivalry. I think there's going to be a really good kind of triangular rivalry Baylor, U of A, and KU. I think that's going to be fantastic. So I think you, as U of A fan, basketball wise, look at ASU as the annoying little brother. So, of course, I don't want to lose Monopoly to the little brother. But you know what? If it happens, I'm still just going to beat him up and send him to his room. (laughs) So I I wonder, I think that's how you feel. Having said that, do you really like Tommy Lloyd? Here's his, he didn't say it, but here was his attitude. I don't care, but other people do. So I hope we win. (laughs) He like, it's a regular season game. We play them twice. They play hard. I don't care. I don't care that it's ASU. He could care less. I mean, think about like Kenny Dillingham brings in a bunch of old school veterans. He taught the guys a history lesson. If you don't know why the rivalry is huge, and it is from a hatred and anger standpoint, it's not Alabama. Like fans try to make it big, but the reason why the rivalry exists is a fantastic reason. And the reason is U of A actually went political and fought ASU becoming uh, existing. Tempe Normal College and this little bitty school going to become a state university. No! Voted down! Went crazy to try to politically block ASU from even existing. And man, did that alienate everybody at ASU. And man, did they want to burn uh, Tucson down. And that's probably rude to say nowadays. But they wanted to go after Tucson and beat U of A. and that's That's an incredible reason for a good rivalry, is that we didn't want you to exist. And now you do. So you're mad at us. Yet, here's time. I don't care. I don't care. Well, other coaches are bringing old veterans. Talk about U of A. Why is this bad? I I just thought that was great. Tommy's like, yeah, well, you know, whatever. All right. Coming up next, I got two more things. Let's get into some baseball real quick. Not much news uh, of Diamondbacks, but I really want to be on top of the National League champions as they kind of go through and hope to make the playoffs. So I, wa- I want to do a good job covering spring training. So we got a little bit of baseball for you. And then I just got a rip. Cliff Kingsbury. I just, I, I couldn't believe some of the things uh, I heard. That's coming up next. This is Doug Franz Unplugged. We're presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com. Rosati Sports Pub in Chandler. It's on Ray and McQueen. Sounds like a sports bar. 
What's the difference? You walk in and they actually have games on TV with the sound on. How many times do you walk into a supposed sports bar and they've got loud music on or somebody playing live or some kind of trivia game going on and you're there to watch the game? If you're like me, a simple guy, give me my pizza, give me my wings, give me my cold beer and make sure I can hear the Suns and D-backs, then you want Rosati Sports Pub at Chandler. All members of the Unplugged Army, welcome. Rosati Sports Pub, give me the game. about this i didn't have a chance to watch it uh during the revenue generating portion of the program i was watching you know the new thing is if you're an environmental activist do something crazy to get attention by attacking something that everybody else holds dear and be able to make a little speech and stuff like that two yahoos i don't know what it was but they dumped this red powder all over themselves and they stood next to the constitution and the declaration of independence and threw the powder all over themselves and all over the documents on the documents are in this unbelievably sealed, tight container. It's, it's really cool to be at the National Archives. And the reason why I'm laughing is this, the uh, discussion points, like what everybody is saying about the, 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 this incident is just how quickly they were arrested and, and how the National Archives was cleared. Okay, I get it. Yet if you watch, <laughs> if you look at the two security guards that are standing there, I don't think they're Secret Service. I don't know who employs them. I think it's maybe even the National Park Service. I don't know who. Nah, it's not National Park Service. I don't know who employs the Declaration of Independence security guards. But it's two people standing there, and they're bored with it. Like, I don't know why everybody's saying, oh, they got, they got arrested so fast. They're just kind of standing there looking at them. One of them gets on a walkie-talkie. Yeah, we got a problem here. <laughs> they, don't, they don't hardly move. They just kind of stand there. It's, I find that highly entertaining. Let's get to Tory. I, I basically uh, looked at Cam Cox's Twitter feed of 12 News and just ripped this off. But here is Tory and closer Paul Seawald uh, from day two of spring training for the Arizona Diamondbacks with not the full squad reporting yet. We're still at pitchers and catchers. He walked in a, in a pretty pretty special space last year, so it's easy for us to be as connected as we as we are and as connected as we feel. We've got some work to do, but I love the connection that I'm feeling, and they know that to do it right and win, you got to be connected the way they are. You're just as good as your weakest link, so our 26th man is just as important as, as Corbin. So if our 26th link is not very good, you know our team will fall back and we won't get to where we need to get to. So encouraging those guys is just as important as making sure Corbin is is locked. Okay, uh, uh. A couple things um, that I found interesting about that. Okay, number one is if you if you look at what Tory said there, he talked at the end of the year of connected, 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 and he always talks about building an inning, and he means don't just go up there and try to crush a solo home run. Yes, if the pitch gives you opportunity, if you know what's coming, you've done the homework, and you're yeah okay, but. Let's let's really tax the pitcher by building the inning, getting people on the bases, and you know he, as most of you know, he totally believes in running the bases hard. Okay, so and and stealing bases, so that's the goal. But he talks about the connection between each guy to make sure that you're picking up somebody else, you're holding somebody else accountable, you're holding yourself accountable, and he believes in that. And this is the reason why I kind of laugh is this was one of the great arguments in all of sports. 
do you have to have good chemistry to win or when you win does that bring good chemistry and so many non-analytics people say build the chemistry and winning happens and analytics people say just get good players and then you start winning them and everybody's happy so there was that. Then the Paul Seawald with the famous, you know, cliche, weakest link type of cliche. But it's actually kind of important this year because Jake McCarthy's got to play a lot better than he did. It's time for Jake McCarthy as a backup outfielder to step up and really push to be more of a starting outfielder a little bit. And then at the same time for the bullpen to step up and that fifth starter, whoever it's going to be. So when we talk about the weakest link because the other teams in this division namely the Dodgers are so much more talented you can't have a weakness doesn't mean everybody has to be great but but player 26 cannot have an enormous gap between player four and and I actually feed into that cheesy cliche a little bit more than I normally do so I wanted to give you a little bit of Diamondbacks Diamondbacks start the year March 28th at home I hate it when they start at home by the way um just to I don't know if I've ever told you this because like if you're at I love starting at home if that to have your opening day on the first day okay I love that for every other team except the D-backs and if I'm the D-backs the reason why is I really feel like the players don't get a change they play two games at Chase Field for spring training and then they've been in Arizona all all or all winter and then it's like okay boom now now the season starts by the way this game counts all those other games didn't but it still feels the same because you've been here I like you going on the road you go on the road and say hey now we're starting uh, spring training starts uh, actual game-wise on February 23rd. How about that? February 23rd is the first game, so it's a week from today is the first spring training game. I know you don't care about commander's football, but do you care about the Cardinals? And I, I want to play this for you. Number one, typical uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury has asked, hey, can you take us through the process of you becoming the O.C.? of of Washington and no I'm not gonna can you take us into the process of why you're not the Raiders here's what you get with Cliff Kingsbury Washington media here you go like Washington was a good fit for you and can you kind of just walk us through the process of how you got here yeah I don't want to get into the specifics of the process as much but obviously historic franchise um incredible fan base uh, the opportunity to work with Adam Peters, Dan Quinn, who I've always had a ton of respect with, with and then the ownership group, um, what they're trying to do, their vision. Uh, it's exciting, exciting times. I've heard great things about the DMV, so just honored to be here. Um, are you able to provide any sort of clarity on sort of what happened with the Raiders and, you know, how it led to here? Yeah, I don't want to get into the specifics, but have a tremendous amount of respect for that organization and, and Mark Davis and, and AP, um, huge fan of his. How was Magic Johnson involved? Uh, once again, don't want to get into any of those specifics. <laughs> Three lines from him are, don't want to get into specifics. Another line is they had a good plan. And another line from Cliff Kingsbury is, have a tremendous amount of respect. Those, those, those are the three things you get from Cliff. I just thought that one was funny. The next one, it's entertaining. Because he's attached to Patrick Mahomes, everybody thinks he's good at developing quarterbacks. Who's the other quarterback that he developed? Like, really? Really? Uh, Cliff, what's your philosophy on developing quarterbacks? 
First off, you got to have talented players to work with. There's no doubt. I've been very fortunate to be around some really good players, good people. But I just try to figure out what makes them tick. Um, everybody's different. Everybody learns differently. Everybody processes differently, likes different plays, um, sees the game differently. So I really try to get to the uh, bottom of who they are as a person, who they are as a player, and, and build it around them. What what did you build around Kyler? <laughs> Come on. The next one is we've talked about this before personnel groups, okay? So the two numbers, it's 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 said as 10, 11, 20. You you hear a personnel group, it's a two-digit number, but even though you might say 11, it's really not the number 11. It's the two numbers in the tens, the one number in the one place, one number in the tens place. It's the one and the one. The first number signifies how many running backs you have. So 10 personnel means one running back, no tight ends. That is the staple of the air raid offense cliff kingsbury is offensive coordinator of the arizona cardinals not only led the league in 10 personnel but he had it by something like 25 percent more snaps from 10 personnel than any other offensive coordinator it is the definition of the air raid offense yet because he hates the phrase air raid because he doesn't want to be pigeonholed listen when he was asked about how has the air raid changed over time to fit the pro game yeah at Texas Tech, um, University of Houston, you know, we had Case Keno and Patrick Mahomes, so we were throwing it a ton, and it was spread offense just like a lot of those are. You get in the NFL, you, you learn the nature of that game and, and the different personnel groups and um, the matchups and, and things like that, and I'm not sure where we were on, on pass percentage my last three years there, but I, I know it wasn't at the top. Um, so we want to be balanced. We want to be able to run the football and, and uh, play action pass and um, really do whatever it takes to win. But the air raid deal is, is – you know, I'm honored to be a part of that because it was Mike Leach, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for him, but uh, I wouldn't categorize anything we do under that name. What? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I wouldn't categorize that. Yes, it is. Then why are you in 10 personnel all the time? Okay. Now, granted, the schemes are a lot of read routes. And obviously, he's not doing a lot of read routes when every route is, hey, uh, what's 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 your name? Uh, DeAndre, you just go there and go there. Okay, you just go up and go there. Go up, go there. All right. I just find that he's always fighting that tab. This is a interesting. Is there a specific type of quarterback you're looking for as they try to feed into who's going to be the draft pick of the commanders? Uh, the Chiefs quarterback. That'd help. <laughs> Uh, no, um, I do think the game, as you can see, you watch those guys, Brock and him at the end, like when the money's on the table, you got to be able to make some plays um, with your feet, move around enough to escape a bad play. And it doesn't mean you got to run like Lamar or Kyler Murray, but you better be able to move a little bit and um, buy yourself some time because the, the D-line, the rushes, the defense these days are so good. And, and then the intangibles, you know, you want that player to be the hardest worker on your team. You want him to lead those guys. Um, each and every day when, when he shows up in the building, you want him to lift the building up. And um, that's why those guys make the type of money they do. Two things that are funny about that to me. Number one, what type of quarterback do you want? I want the Chiefs quarterback. You know what? Okay. No one's going to care. I'm not actually saying Buston, but you know that's technically tampering. You can't be saying, I want a player on this team. Now, since we all know Pat Mahomes is not coming, we all know the Chiefs aren't going to. Okay. We know that he's not, he doesn't really deserve to get busted. He's joking, but I think it's funny that he just throws that out. Secondly, 
How about the fact that then that guy's got to be the first one in the building? That guy's got to be the one that's the leader of the team. That guy's got to be the one that rallies everybody around him. Huh. Interesting, Cliff. Even though we all think that's what a quarterback should do. Interesting. Now you feel like it's important to bring that up. Yes, I'm reading into that one. I'm totally reading into that one. This is one. Tell me if you agree with this one. Coach, uh, the way it ended in Arizona, coming back to the NFL, do you feel like you have something to prove? You know, the, the Sunday is that type of, of competitive um, situation. So uh, I've never got into to prove anybody wrong or right or anything like that. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm just here. I, I don't want to prove. I don't have to prove the, to you anything. Yeah. Yes, you do. Because when you fall on your face in this job, you're not getting another one in the NFL. Uh, Then uh, I got one more. I think I only have time for one more. Uh, This is uh, kind of entertaining to me. If you would, uh, um, Izzy, skip to Kingsbury 7. Because this this one really does fire me up. This is Cliff Kingsbury talking about the hiring of Anthony Lynn, the former Chargers head coach, to help out with the offense. Excited about Anthony. He's been a head coach. Um, another Texas Tech Red Raider, which you can't have enough for those rocket scientists on the staff. Um, so we're going to see where it fits in. You know, he's had a tremendous track record with running backs and um, run schemes and things like that. And um, so that'll be a big part of his his role. But once again, it's be collaborative. We're still figuring out how it all fits. Um, in that way but to have a guy like that a football mind like that a leader like that is is huge for us number one it's funny that he made the red raider reference and nobody laughed like i i actually thought that was reasonably entertaining the rocket scientists of the red raiders and yet no nobody watch watching doesn't even know where texas tech is so their media doesn't laugh but secondly there was a tweet that came out yesterday that was really excited for the Anthony Lynn hiring because of what Lynn's going to be able to do in the run game. And the person that wrote it actually said specifically, just like Sean Coogler. I couldn't help but lose it. Listen, I think Anthony Lynn is a brilliant dude. I think Anthony Lynn is a good coach. I, I'm not sure that he's a head coach. Okay, Maybe he's not a head coach, but he's definitely an excellent offensive coordinator and a good person. I understand the thinking, hey, if you sign Anthony Lynn, that'll help Cliff Kingsbury in the run game. Okay, you're not an idiot to think that makes logical sense. But here's the problem. Cliff doesn't listen to anybody. Okay, he doesn't he never listened to Sean Coogler. If you if you know what was going on on the staff, he never listened to Sean Coogler. They even promoted Sean Coogler to try to get Kingsbury to listen to somebody and he wouldn't. So to, to say, oh, Anthony Lynn's going to be really good with why Anthony, you just made a major mistake. I hope they're paying you big time to go to Washington because Cliff is not going to listen to you. Maybe, hey, we all have room to change. Maybe Cliff is going to change. Maybe you realize why well, I screwed that up and he's going to change. But I don't believe he's changed. I'm laughing at somebody that thinks Anthony Lynn's really going to teach him about the run game. Yeah, that guy's not listening. Um Steve McCollum is standing by. The main event's coming up from 8 to 10. Steve, how's your life? What are you doing this weekend? Uh, Renaissance Festival on Sunday. Oh, what do you do when you go there? Are you a turkey leg guy? Or I you? dress up, you know, and uh, my, my boobs hang out, you know, you know, all that stuff, yeah. 
<laughs> I, I didn't see that coming. I, actually. If you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, mean, I, I did. I've, I've seen pictures of others. I just didn't yeah, expect no, I, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not dressing up. No. No. You wouldn't catch me dead dressed, dressing up there. But yeah, we're going out there. We usually go on Mondays, uh, but this year we had a conflict, uh, and so we're going on Sunday. Is it is I would assume weekends are crazier. Uh, well, it's only on the weekends. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, what do you mean by you? We usually go on Mondays then. Uh, Monday's President's Day. They're oh, on oh. See, I wasn't I wasn't sly enough to put that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't sly enough to put that it's together. All right. All right. Which is a which is a funny story if you want to hear about the old show, which I never understood. We were forced to work on Martin Luther King Day. Yeah. Without choice, but we had to take off President's Day whether we wanted to or not. Yeah, isn't that weird? I, to me, it would be like one or the other. America. I, I, don't mind if you look at both dates and say you know what it's not fourth of july it's not christmas suck it up and work yeah. and i don't mind if they would say hey guys let's go you know uh this is important let's t- let's show let's honor america let's take time off for both i don't know why you choose one or the other though yeah, that's really weird. Uh, i think it comes down to uh, i just heard something weird in my ears uh i think it comes down to uh, izzy did you talk and not know that the, my and, mic was off i said that's uh, insanely weird i don't know yeah. why well I, I think it has to do with you have to work X amount of days for holidays and corporate people, you know, they have certain holidays for pay factored in and it's, it's a, you know, it's a quantified mess that uh, quite frankly, big wigs uh, make up on yeah. their own to keep the, uh, the worker down. I, I think the way they tried to explain it, they said, Hey, NFL playoffs are going on in January. Yes, yes. Nothing's going on in February. Yeah. I mean, it's next week. There's not a lot going on. Yeah. Th- that was, that was their reasoning for it. And I was kind of like, listen, I don't care what you think is going on. Either we suck it up and work or we take them both or we take them both off. Yeah. Like, you don't pick and choose. Like my opinion is it's uh, you know, what else am I going to do on a president's day? It's not, it's not like I'm going out of town, ta- you know, it's like, what else am I going to do? I'm yeah. also coming into work, right? Yeah. By the way, are you working Monday? <laughs> I, I play, you know what? I don't know. I, I like to take national holidays off, but I, I didn't even, I didn't even think about it. So I'm, I'm coming in yeah, I, yeah, I, for the yeah. same reason. I worked Martin Luther King day because I feel like, Hey, I can honor Dr. King by working and talking about him a little bit. Yeah. But and I it, can honor president Lincoln and president Washington by coming in. Look, work. if you're sitting at home doing nothing, then how are you honoring anything get up and especially for what we do now if you're you know if you're a corporate office and they're giving it off that's different yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. but what we're doing I, all i'm gonna do is sit at home that's not honoring anybody yeah. i might as well come in and uh have some fun and, and bring the entertainment to the to the masses uh, i guess i guess i look at it like this <laughs> and let me let me just show you truly how selfish i Hold am on, really quick did you not see how i made that as a that we're important people yes yes lives? yes i did i did kind of <laughs> notice that is that if i would have already set a monday tea time no i'm not coming in yeah but i didn't i didn't think about it well, so yes i am coming in so i brought it up to dale and i go are you uh are you coming in monday and he goes oh no i might have a tea time yeah so, exactly i don't know if he's coming or not but me and izzy will be here uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of i'm kind of on dale's line of thinking <laughs> but since i planned on working I, I i yeah i'm sucking it up and uh well, the way we do it is if you're working, we might as well work, too, because, you know, you're here. Uh, if people are in here. I might as well come in, too. I look at it like this. Booker's going for 50 on Sunday at the All-Star Game, so we should come in and talk about that, it. So two hours of breaking that down. Let's Ooh. go. You know what? On second thought, Doug, take the day off. Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> as, soon so. as, I give you, as soon as I give you the topic breakdown, it, it shows that I we're am. Gonna, uh, we're going to talk about that floor that we're going to see tonight and tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And LED yeah. floor. Mm. And, uh, and, of course, 
we'll talk about what I assume is going to be the U of A beatdown. Uh, now, granted, I thought the same thing last year. When ASU went to Tucson, I thought they were going to get crushed last year. And they, they won by the uh, three points. That's yeah. The, they won down there by that last three-pointer. Right? Yeah, yeah, the 60-footer, yeah. 65-whatever yeah. it was. I, I yeah. do like how all the ASU faithful are replaying that. Oh, remember last time we were there? Uh, okay, good luck with that. I almost would keep that quiet. Is, is it uh, <laughs> over-under ASU is going to score 40 points? or, or you know, Let's put the over-under at 40. Over or under for I'll, ASU? I'll, I'll go over. I, I think they'll score 40, but I still think they'll lose by, you know, 20. I, I think they're going to have a terrible first half because okay. the uh, the pressure, the crowd, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think it's going to be a monumentally low scoring first half. I think they'll hit 40, but they're going to have a hard time hitting 60 in this game, I believe. They're going to struggle with the length of Arizona. You, you made me think of something, and I don't know if I have time to look it up in time for versus Vegas, because now I would like to know if there's an individual prop, and there probably is, but to actually find it, on um, Omar Ballo's, uh, Umar Ballo's yes. rebounds. Yes. I mean, it's going to be sky high. I mean, with how good he is playing lately mm-hmm. and how bad ASU is at keeping people off the boards, yeah. man, I, t- I totally believe if I can find that somewhere that – like let's let's magically set it at an eleven and a half, uh, which it seems like kind of fair for what the uh, what Vegas well, will be looking for. And also, depends he's going to kill it. But it also depends if it's a blowout or not, right? But I mean, that's to true. Me, that's to a me, problem. this game comes down to two things, and it's uh, U of A's length is going to be a problem. Their transition game is going to be a problem for ASU, and then just is ASU going to shoot the basketball at all and have any success doing that? Because you know they're hot and they're cold, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think those are going to be what is going to doom it in there. And if this is a monumental blowout, I will say this. It's time to start talking about – now, no AD there, so who knows. Uh, but it's going to be time to start talking about uh, moving on from Bobby Hurley. There's there's no doubt this year has been an incredible disappointment, and it's following uh, not a good enough season the year before. Mm-hmm. So I totally understand it. Here's what's kind of interesting about that. Let, let me throw out rumor mill for you. <laughs> the guy – that is negotiating a contract with one Hurley might be the guy that fires the other Hurley. Okay. I, I, I kind of have a feeling that the UConn athletic director could be the ASU athletic director. Why would you do that? <laughs> Well, no, I, you don't want a guy that's going to go from UConn, what, number one team in the country yeah. several times this year. Uh, you know, NIL's not a problem there. Even their head coach is like, it's not my problem. My, yeah. my players get paid. Yeah. Uh, why would you go from UConn to Arizona State? Why would you make that? You have a better chance of getting the Baylor AD who has a history here uh, and uh, told him no because he can't match his dollar figure. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I think it's because – Hold up. One sec. Oh, good job. <laughs> I, you had me. <laughs> Finish the thought. Steve McCollum, ladies and gentlemen, doing a better job driving Doug Frost unplugged than the guy whose name is on the door of the show. <laughs> Very good job by you. I am the what I what I am thinking about is I think when it's when you don't have they have football, but come on, it doesn't count at UConn. That alone get, puts you in a different dollar figure because even though UConn basketball is dramatically better, football is still the train. So and okay. Hartford versus Tempe, like where do you want to live? Well, here's the other There's thing. Also that. If, if you go off of that theory, uh, the AD of uh, UConn uh, should get a bigger job than ASU. That's fair. That, that's now that's a different. T- yeah, yeah. I, I, get, I, I get that. Nice rumor mill. I've actually heard that as well. 
Uh, and I'd be shocked if that happened. Yeah. But uh, I've heard that as well. But yeah. look, I, I don't even know. We don't even know if they're talking to anybody. <laughs> Maybe Dr. Crow doesn't know he needs an athlete. Right? <laughs> he's like, oh, 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 I thought I had one. He's, yeah. he's, in the, he's in the lawyer department. That's good. That's good. Hey, uh, yeah. have a good show. Yep. Coming up in just a couple minutes, Dale Hellestray, Super Bowl champion, and uh, even though I don't like to admit that because, you know, God doesn't like the Cowboys. And then Steve McCollum on the main event coming up from 8 to 10, and then iOS Izzy on Sports from 1 to 3 later on today. Uh, Versus Vegas is now struggling. Remember when I told you jump off the bandwagon because it's going to crash and crash hard? Uh, Yeah, yeah, we're there. 0-4 two days ago. Last night went 0-2. I think that kills your heater when you're O for your last six. O for your last six. Yesterday, I looked at I looked at Izzy's Blackhawks and thought Pittsburgh's on a tough back to back. Yes, you're gonna lose, but can you at least stay together? So I took the Blackhawks plus the one and a half, and uh, Pittsburgh won four to one. It wasn't close. It wasn't close. And then the other game, this one was easy. The other game was easy to get right. Calgary against San Jose. San Jose had just had a huge win against Winnipeg the night before. So you've got a below average team, although they're playing 400 times better than they did at the beginning of the season. You've got a below average team on the back end of a back-to-back against a Calgary team that's scrapped. And San Jose wins 6-3. Calgary did not cover because they didn't win. 6-3. So I pick... Chicago to be close, Calgary to win, and the combined score is 10 to 4. With So now 0 and 2 yesterday, and then this weekend I can't count this in versus Vegas cuz it's not going to come up until tomorrow. I'm going to look so I, it won't count on the standings. But I'm telling you, uh, after my conversation I just had with Steve, I think this is solid. I'm going to try to find a single-game prop on Umar Ballo's rebounds. I have no doubt that Ballo is going to be fine to be able to pass whatever they put up on him. And uh, that won't come out until tomorrow. But there is there is almost, as much as you can in gambling, there is a guarantee from me that Ballo's going to get the over against ASU. And I don't even care where they set that thing. Now, as far as the actual line on the game, let me cheat and look that up if they have... They usually have a line by the day before. The website I was on, it wasn't on there. So, or last night, it wasn't on there. ESPN Bets, they don't have the line up right now um, either. They just give U of A a 97% chance on their matchup predictor of them winning. I'm kind of shocked it's only 97%, to be quite honest. I'm not playing anything this weekend. So I'm going to give you a game to play, but I'm telling you I'm not playing. And the reason why I'm not playing it is I'm not getting blood money. I refuse to put money down on a team to lose when I want them to win. But I'm just telling you, I can't be a homer when it comes to your money. My Ohio Bobcats are on the road tonight at Toledo. Okay? We always lose at Toledo. I don't know why. We always lose at Toledo. It's Toledo and it's either Akron or Kent. I think it's Akron. I don't know why. My Bobcats never win there. So Ohio is a six-point underdog. 
I don't think there's any problem Toledo covering the minus six. So for my records, for I'm hoping I get this wrong. I'm going to be rooting for the Bobcats. And if you follow my lead and bet on the Toledo Rockets tonight, I'm rooting that you lose your shirt. I want you to be dead wrong. And I will laugh at you when you lose money. However, in my professional opinion, remember, Uncle Lou from the main event, that's a shark. I am a minnow swimming in the waters of sharks whenever I give you gambling opinions. But I have no doubt in my mind my Ohio Bobcats are not going to be within six points of the Toledo Rockets. I totally believe you will make money if you take Toledo minus the six. I, on the other hand, hope you lose money so I can laugh in the face of your family. There. I love my Bobcats, even though we're not very good. All right, that does it for today's version of Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. As you get to work today, or if you're at work today already, do me a favor. Talk to the guys around, even if nobody else has ever heard of WTSMTV.com. If nobody has any idea of Doug Franz Unplugged, talk to them anyway and say, hey, a buddy of mine has a great deal going on to play golf next Friday. Do you want to go? Normally $260 around this time of year. Coming up for us, Friday from noon to 1.30 next week, it's only $109. We're saving about 60% as members of the Unplugged Army. Just go to unpluggedatwhirlwind.com and click on the events page. Unpluggedatwhirlwind.com. If you're part of a group, then just put in the uh, notes page section, hey, here's the other guys that I want teamed up with me and my foursome. Love to have you out there coming up next week. Then we're going to go to, uh, uh, I'm thinking right now, 100 Mile Brewing Company, but let me make sure you're listening next week to totally verify where we're going for happy hour. If you're in the mood for happy hour today, here's a great place. Bell's Nashville Kitchen, the original sponsor of Doug Franz Unplugged. They're in Old Town. They're right on Main Street, but only, I'm talking 50 feet east of Scottsdale Road. Very easy to find in Old Town. Best burrito you're going to have in any breakfast burrito is Burrito Express. Seven locations across the east side. Sports bar in, in on the southeast side, you got Rosati's. I'd love for you to try uh, the pizza and wings. And most importantly, the sound is turned up so you actually get to see the games of the teams that you're there to watch instead of some like cheesy band being there. And any issues with your heating, cooling, plumbing, or electrical this weekend, trust Parker and Son. 6022 repair. That's 602, the number two, then R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker and Sons. Heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical. Have a great weekend. You've earned it. I'll see you tomorrow.